Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel. Hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Thank you so much for tuning in. Daniel Bobinski here, editor at True Idaho News, and also host of the Keep the Republic TV show which you can catch every Thursday afternoon live. It's free to watch. Just go to brighteon.tv. You don't even need to register. Just go there, brighteon.tv. And you spell that B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N. That's a live stream show, by the way. Totally live on Thursday afternoons at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. And you can do that on a computer or a desktop or a tablet. doesn't matter. It's a whole hour show. And also, before I get into today's show, which is, by the way, info-packed, uh, I need to tell you that our show is sponsored by Conservatives Of. Conservatives Of is a grassroots conservative political action committee. It supports conservative candidates. So if you don't have any specific candidate that you want to support, but you know that you want to support constitutional conservatives, go to conservativesof.com and click the Donate tab. They spend that money only on campaigns for constitutional conservative candidates. Once again, that's conservativesof.com. Well, with me today in the studio are two people. I want to talk first with Jackie Davidson because I talk a lot about becoming precinct committeemen on this show. This is the foundational roots of our society when it comes to a government. It is not a paid position, and you must run for it, and you get elected for it. Uh, you don't compete against somebody from the other party. Each party has their own set of precinct committeemen to represent the uh, party in their precinct, in their voting precinct. And with me in studio today is Jackie Davidson, who is a precinct committeeman, precinct committee person, thank you very much. Woman. <laughs> precinct <laughs> committee precinct woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, we want people to know that with the redistricting, we've had a lot of people uh, say, gee, I'd like to run, and they're finding out there's a lot of open seats now. Jackie, tell us what's going on. Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me um, for this time. So I am a precinct committee woman. I'm 1614. I used to be 1612, but with the uh, redistricting, they've changed all the precincts and they've added about 50 more. So we have a bunch of open spots for precinct committeemen, and we are trying to fill it madly. Um, and you might uh, ask, what do you? Th what is a precinct committeeman? So I thought I'd just give you a real quick rundown on what they do. They attend a central committee meeting and a legislative di district meeting 10 times during a year each month. The precinct committeeman elects state electors for the county, and if the county has a vacancy, um, we provide three interim people to fill the position. So we get to vote on people like sheriff, aide, county commissioner, etc. Uh, the precinct committeeman creates a volunteer precinct team through by recruiting and establishing a PC alternate and block captains. And it's really about building a relationship with the Republicans in your neighborhood. So it might be about 150 people that you get to know and um, rally to team up to work for the eight for the Ada County uh, Republicans. Well, now you're Ada County. Ada County. Right. But every county in the country yes. has PCs. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're looking for Ada County, but it, 
contact your uh, county chair for if you'd like to be a precinct committeeman or woman. Um, well, another thing that we do is we do door-to-door do -door canvassing and supporting um, for the get-out-to-vote effort. And so we provide our people with voter registration. And, and you know, it's just about getting people out uh, to vote, getting people involved, and, and um, especially getting them registered and voting. And so also a precinct committeeman or woman, participates in elections, and they serve as poll workers, poll watchers, and they coordinate people to uh, get out and vote for uh, the Republicans in their area. So uh, if you'd like to get some more information, there's a really good website. It's called uh, precinctcommittementstrategy.com, and it uh, gives you uh, information about your what a precinct committeeman does. And then you can email me at Jackie Davidson, Idaho. That's J-A-C-K-I-E-D-A-V-I-D-S-O-N, Idaho, at protonmail.com. And email me your name, your address, and your email, phone number. And we can just uh, check to see if your address or your precinct has an open space or if there's someone um, that we can have you vote run against. Um, uh, so give me a call or give me a uh, email. Uh, my phone number is 208-841-5257 and we'll get you on the team working for the Ada County Republicans. Thanks. I love it. I love Bye. it. Jackie, what you're doing is such an important job. There has there's never been a time where we needed, in, especially in Idaho, for conservatives to step up and say, wait a minute, just because you have an R after your name doesn't mm -hmm. mean you're supporting the Constitution or even the Idaho State Republican Party. Correct. A lot of people who are very moderate or even Democrats will run as Republicans. And we need to kind of say, wait a minute, that's not what Republicanism is about. So, right. Jackie, you're, it's a not a paid position. Uh, we're talking about total grassroots. It, it, so, you know, it's got to be the heart of it. But this is what Barack Obama did when he was a community organizer. True. He went into his, his neighborhoods and he convinced radical leftists to get into these seats. And then he moved his party radically left. And I say, you know what? We can do the same thing, moving the company, moving our party back to where the Republican Party should be. Yes, and we can build a strong GOP. Yes. All yes. right, Jackie, Thank thanks you. so much. So if you're going to get a hold of Jackie, do that at JackieDavidsonIdaho at ProtonMail.com. That's Jackie with an I-E, JackieDavidsonIdaho at ProtonMail.com. I encourage you to look that up, that uh, precinctcommitmentstrategy.com, and find out more about what it means to serve in that position, because it really is the heart and soul of what our country is supposed to be. We're a country of and by the people. And we have now 40 new seats, just in Ada County alone. Those are wide open seats that we can put conservatives in and restore the Republican Party. Well, one of the organizations in Idaho that's helping to keep the Republican Party accountable is the Idaho Freedom Foundation. And we've had uh, Fred Birnbaum on the show before, but this time we have him in studio. Fred, welcome back to Keep the Republic. Thank you, Daniel. Really, it's glad, I'm glad to be here, and it's uh, very timely that you invited me. We have a lot to talk about. 
lots going on at the state house, which is kind of your home away from home these days. It is. It's it's probably just my home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if uh, you heard, but I did an interview last week uh, with Representative Ron Nate, who's been kind of spearheading the effort to get grocery tax repeal. And what's interesting to me is he relayed a quote from Speaker Bedke. He's the Speaker of the House, Scott Bedke. He's a Republican from District 27. And he was quoted as saying that he does not want Republicans, I should say, he does not want conservatives to pass grocery tax repeal because they would see it as a win and use it against incumbents. And I heard that statement, that he doesn't want to pass grocery tax repeal because conservatives would see it as a win and use it against incumbents. I thought, wait a minute, doesn't this guy represent the people? Shouldn't he be representing the people instead of the power core group that he's established at the House? So that that's actually a great way to segue into this topic, Daniel. So back in 2017, the Idaho House and Senate repealed the tax on food and Governor Otto vetoed it. And he did it at the end of the session and there was a lawsuit, but the bottom line was the veto stuck, meaning the repeal never went into effect. So that's about five years ago. Speaker Bedke voted against the repeal. The majority of the party, his party, the Republican Party, voted to repeal in the House and the Senate. And it was a very lopsided vote. It was, you know, 50-something to 16 or something. I don't remember the exact numbers. The Senate was like 25-10. So it was very lopsided. And both parties reflected, I think, the will of the people in that issue, which was, let's take the tax off food. So... Ever since then, there's been a battle to repeal the tax on food, and the Speaker has held to his position. And, of course, one of the reasons he said what you just said earlier, which is um, you know, he doesn't want to give conservatives a win, what he really is saying is he does not want his caucus to vote on this where he is voting in the minority. That's the real issue. Hmm. He realizes that repealing the tax, the, the sales tax on groceries is a popular issue, and he does not want the vote to be recorded with him, of course, voting against it and perhaps whoever he can muster up to oppose it against it. So it's really a self-protection racket. That's what the speaker's running. He's trying to generalize the opposition. And, and another point is he says uh, it would be used against incumbents. Well, actually, to, to refine that statement, it would only be used against people who voted against it, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you were ambivalent or had not supported it in the past, if it came before the House and the Senate and you supported it, how would that be used against you? If you supported it, you could say, I help repeal the tax on food. So he's really talking about a very narrow political spectrum. People like him and those in the establishment who don't want it to happen. And it is true, they would like to keep the issue off the agenda to help punish their political opponents, but it's really more of a self-preservation mm -hmm. on, on their part. I do want to segue into why it's so important we do that now. So one of the things I do, Daniel, is I look at a lot of data. It kind well, of hang, before you go there, sure. Let's tell people what you do because you are with the Idaho Freedom Foundation, and if you go to their website, uh, the mission statement says that they make Idaho a laboratory of liberty by exposing, defeating, and replacing 
the state's socialist public policies. And you're the legislative person for the Idaho Freedom Foundation, so you basically live at the state house during session. Correct, Daniel. So, yeah, I lived there for three months. Uh, Fortunately, that's about how long the sessions normally are. I am the legislative affairs director, so I'm very focused on what happens at the state house. Uh, I think it's very important that your listeners understand why it's important to repeal the grocery tax and, and, frankly, to give people as much sales tax relief as we can. So I think we all are experiencing inflation, meaning we go to buy something in the store and, wow, is it expensive. And Officially, the numbers are about 9% in the Intermountain region year over year. But if you look at gasoline, steak, many of those things are well into the double digits, 15, 20, 30%. And I actually think the official numbers understate reality. Won't get into all of that. But certainly for the average person, they're experiencing double-digit inflation. The state puts its 6% sales tax on top of the inflated number. Mm -hmm. The state is reaping a windfall from inflation. And it's, of course, the federal government. Every state is, not just uniquely Idaho. Idaho is first in roughly the last six-month period, and this was a National Council of State Legislators data, Idaho is number one in revenue growth year over year, 37%. So we are growing revenues faster than any other state. So we can afford it, A. It's the right thing to do, B. And and I just spoke to why, because people are essentially paying the 6% on top of inflation. We have the money. It's also important to understand that Idaho is in a unique position in a bad way. Only seven states fully tax food. And Ron Nate probably talked about this. Yes. And so with our 6% sales tax, we're effectively taxing food at the third highest rate. What Republican state wants to be in that position to have mm-hmm. one of the highest taxes on food? Mm-hmm. And then if you live next to the border in any position, meaning you live next to Washington, Oregon, Montana, Wyoming, Nevada or Utah, all of none of those states fully tax food. It's zero, and Utah it's three percent. So we really are an outlier. It's this is not common for states to tax food or to fully tax food. And Idaho does. It's one of seven. And certainly none in our region do that. So it's hurting people. We're an outlier in a bad way. We absolutely can afford to do it. And there's no good policy reason not to do it. It's politics, and the speaker, unfortunately, is being very petty. He does not want to concede on this issue. And so what he's done is he's kept any bill that would repeal the tax on food off the agenda, off the calendar, so that he doesn't have to expose people like himself to a recorded vote. Mm-hmm. My, my concern, Fred, is that people don't realize it's not just contacting the chair of said committee. We really have to replace these people because these people are firmly ensconced in their positions. They love their power. They become addicted to it. And they are basically following the marching orders being given them. My understanding is that the governor, uh, and you can talk, talk to this issue, what your understanding, my understanding is the governor talks the talk. Yes, I'll re- he ran on, I'll repeal the grocery tax. But then he really doesn't want to because, like most politicians, he's never met a dollar he doesn't like. And as you say, we're getting all this money coming into the state, and that gives him the ability to increase his budget, 
Uh, I think you said to me earlier, uh, before we went on the air, $3 million, $4 million to various agencies. It's a wonderful way to buy votes from the various government employees. But then he's in cahoots with Speaker Bedke, and then Speaker Bedke has all these chairs and vice chairs, and they um, basically serve at his pleasure. And if they don't do what he wants, then he might take them out of their position of power. So they do what he wants. This is from multiple liberty legislators. This is not just Daniel coming up with some conspiracy theory here. I have multiple people who are who are elected legislators in the House who are telling me that this is how the system works. So my my position, Fred, is that people need to take this seriously. We need these precinct committeemen people, these conservatives to get in and people to get involved so we can replace these people and get true conservatives in office. So, so Daniel, that's a good summation. Uh, I would add a couple things. So it's absolutely correct that the speaker appoints the committee chairs and he expects them on what he considers crucial votes to toe the line. And a lot of them have. And so what Representative Nate and others have done is they've tried to use parliamentary maneuvers, rules in the House rule book, which are completely legitimate, to pull these bills that have been kept in the speaker's, or I should say the chairman's drawers, from the fl- right onto the floor. And so the motion is to, or the request is to bring the bill forward, and then the chair basically gets up, makes a motion to hold it in committee. And that's what's been happening. And yes, um, that is how the speaker operates. I think people need to understand he has been in the legislature in Idaho over 20 years. So not only does he have the power of his position, he's got the power of his experience. And it does matter because he obviously understands all the rules, how to maximize their usage for his power. So he understands where to send bills, how to manage the flow of bills, how to reward people who support his bills, how to punish people who support things he doesn't like. So he's deployed all those tactics. And at this point, though, he's starting to feel the heat because the House passed a $20 grocery credit that takes effect in tax year 23, which means you wouldn't get any money. You'd get $20 extra on your grocery credit in April of 24, two years from now. And it was so paltry, it passed, but not very, you know, not it wasn't a one-sided vote. It was a closer vote. And the debate against it was devastating. Here you have a state which has the greatest growth of any state in tax revenues offering people $20 more on their grocery credit in two years. And it just was laughable. So I I crunched some numbers. We have currently in the state over a $1.9 billion surplus in our budget, almost $2 billion. We have, as we speak, uh, I think we just hit 1.9 million Idahoans, of which about 58% are taxpayers based on government stats. So about 58%, that makes about 1.1 million taxpayers in Idaho. That means, with our given our surplus, that the state is sitting on about $1,720 extra of your money. Every listener who's a taxpayer, the state is sitting on $1,720 of your money. And with inflation, they are paying about $175 more per month to live 
because of all the ex extensive inflation, which means we're paying an extra $720 more to the state each year with all of this. This is amazing how they're keeping all this money. And they, like you said, it's crumbs, 20 bucks. This is nothing. So part of the reason you asked about the governor's role in this, he campaigned on repealing the tax on food. And then I was in the room, but it's pretty clear that his position changed, and perhaps it was because the speaker helped him see the light. And he said, well, we need to give people relief, and it can be any number of ways, including this $20 credit. And he did say, though, in his press conference after his State of the Union, that if a bill repealing the tax on food got to his desk, he would sign it, which, you know, wink and a nod, make sure it doesn't get there. And I do think if it got there, he'd have to sign it because what would be his excuse with all this revenue not to give people the relief? So I think what you're seeing now is a concerted effort to keep any bill that would repeal a tax on food off the floor, off the agenda, so that the people who oppose it don't have to get up there and debate against it. Mm -hmm. You know, can you imagine that debate? I don't. Th I think people should pay taxes on inflated food prices. I think Idaho should be among one of only seven states to fully tax food. I think that's good tax policy. Nobody wants to make that debate, and that's why they don't want to have the debate. So it happened as um, Fred was saying. Ron Nate, Representative Nate, tried to get his bill pulled out of the drawer, and taken right to the House floor for a vote. And then uh, Speaker Betke said, this is a procedural vote. And of course, that is, um, as described to me by Representative Nate, that's a dog whistle that you, if you're in leadership, you vote with leadership. So you have to, if you're a chair or an assistant chair, you have to vote with leadership. And well, the way Ron described it is as they were having the debate on the floor about it, they were calling all of the chairs and the vice chairs there in the House while the debate was going on saying, hey, this is a procedural vote. You have to vote with leadership. Well, if you have 15 committees, which we do in the House, that makes 15 chairs and 15 vice chairs, plus the regular four at the leadership. You already Right there, you got 34 votes, and all you need is one more, and it's not going to go. So it was quite uh, obvious that they did not want this to go through. Why they campaign on this, why they push it down is unfathomable to me. Well, I mean, I think we've we've summed it up. Um, I, I guess I could add a few more things. And I think this is one of the reasons that we, you know, when people get frustrated and they speak about term limits, one of the things that we've seen in Idaho is politicians don't age well in office. Hmm. And they, they, they stop representing their constituents and start representing the larger special interests and essentially what you get is leadership working with the executive branch and special interests, the very large ones. And, and I, think that's, I think that's what people need to see. So you have essentially two houses of representatives, if you will, and two senates. You have the regular members, and then you have the inner circle. And the inner circle is not really representing the people. It's representing special interests with access and it's representing the demands and interests of the executive branch. And that is actually exhibit A of what is happening happening to stop the repeal of the tax on food. Yeah. And all a person needs to do is go to the uh, legislator page and pull up the Sunshine Reports 
and you can see who's donating to the various candidates. And there's an organization in Idaho a lot of folks don't know much about called IACI. It's the Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry. And this is comprised of all big businesses. You are not going to find small businesses represented in IACI. These are big businesses that have global connections with big dollars that they donate to these these politicians to get their way because they have their own special interests. And then, like you said, access. And that's a problem. And that's why I say it's so important for us to uh, take a look at these precinct committeemen slots and get involved and get people active because... Uh, as I've discussed on this show before, only 5% of people in our society actually get involved in campaigns. We might have maybe 9% who will actually donate at some point in their lives, but only 5% are actually getting involved at any level. And I th- I said, you know, if we just increase that to 6%, we've increased the percentage of people by 20%. So my uh, m- motion here is to say, let's practice the take five. Go ahead and get five people that you know. Make it a habit. Identify somebody. And once you get five people, help them get involved. Um, Fred, we're almost out of time, but uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. We're going to have you back relatively soon here on the show because the session's pretty hot. So in closing, if you feel that this is an important issue, you need to let your elected representative know that this is your priority and don't let them deflect from the request that you make of them, which is to repeal the tax on food. If you believe, as we, as most of us do, that this is the right thing to do now, I'd like to talk next time about property taxes. I don't think we have enough time. That's a complex issue because of the way they're structured, but that is another area where ordinary Idahoans are seeking relief and should get it. Amen to that. Amen to that. Fred, Fred Birnbaum, thank you so much for joining me in studio. Thanks for having me. And as we close up the show, I need to remind our listeners that we have the Ada County Liberty Dinner. It's the first Tuesday of each month. And coming up on March 1st in Ada County, we're going to have Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan and Representative Dorothy Moon. Both of those are candidates for higher office, and you'll be able to meet them in a small venue, get some photos, have dinner with them, and they're going to get up and speak, and you'll be able to ask questions. You can find out more and get tickets at trueidahonews.com slash events. That's trueidahonews.com slash events. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to True Idaho News. It's totally free. You get a weekly email, tells you the different stories we've been publishing at True Idaho News. And we don't sell your list. We don't flood your inbox. You get one email a week with links to the different stories. All right. I want to say thank you again to Fred Birnbaum and to Jackie Davidson for joining me in the studio. You've been listening to Keep the Republic on KBXL, sponsored by Conservatives Of. Go to conservativesof.com and donate so you can help get conservative, constitutionally-minded candidates elected. This is Daniel Wobinski. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.